So all right, we're in a series called Forward in Faith, and we've been looking at how we can move forward, how we can advance in life and in our Christian life. And we've been using the word forward as a, an acrostic as our outline, and, and all these words are verbs. Uh, the words are follow, obey, resist, worship, abide, reach, and disciple. And these words are kind of used each week, but uh, for the last couple weeks or few weeks, we've been uh, concentrating on what it, what it means to follow Christ. And today we're going to talk some about the O in follow, which is obedience. Obedience. People, you don't hear a lot about that word these days, but, but when Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. This is our mandate as a church. This is our mandate as a believer. This is your mandate. Go. You've got to be going some way, going or sending. You're going in your local area and reaching people you can, but you're helping send other people to the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. <laughs> this is how you make disciples. You reach them for Jesus. They have faith in Jesus. They get, they get baptized in the name of Jesus, and then they, they follow Jesus and the ways of Jesus. They, they obey Jesus. That, that's what we are called to do in making disciples. And, and the, so discipleship and following Christ includes obedience. We'll be talking more about that. Uh, but the command in this verse, one of the last things Jesus said is to go and make disciples, and it's for all of us. So this month we're going to have an emphasis on missions, local and, and global. But today I'm going to talk about where all of this began, where discipleship began, and where outreach, the outreach of Christ began. And so I'm preaching a message entitled, To the Jew First. Now there, that phrase, to the Jew first, happens several times in the New Testament, they're all in Romans, but Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. So basically, and that means to the Jews first, and then to everybody else, those who are not Jews. That's Greek or Gentiles, it's, it's talking about everybody else. And so we see several things in this verse that I want to talk about today. Number one, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some people are embarrassed to even say they're believers or followers of Christ. And, and in our politically correct culture, so many people think that your religion is private and should never be shared. That's for you. That's for nobody else. Wrong. Wrong, 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 a thousand times wrong. Yes, it's personal, but it's never private. It is something to be shared. The gospel is not to be ashamed of. And, and by the way, I want to let you know, there's way more people who are believers in Jesus Christ, way more people in the U.S. who are for the gospel than against it. I, I know it's hard to believe that when you're watching news and watching TV and you see very little representation of Christians. You see every lifestyle represented on TV, but if it's a Christian, they're going to be some doofus or some legalistic person that, that's just cutting everybody else down. But in spite of what everybody else may try to tell you, this nation was established on Judeo-Christian beliefs and was built on biblical principles. And it is predominantly Christian, has been, and is to this very day. 
Now, I know it's popular to say we're a nation of Christians, Muslims, Jews, Hindus, Buddhists, unbelievers, and we are. That is the great thing about America. But do you know what percent of Americans are actually Muslim or Jewish or other religions? The answer might surprise you. Think about it in your mind. Just think about Muslims for a minute. What percent of American population do you think are, are Muslims? When I ask that question to people, usually they say somewhere to between 10 and 20 percent of our population. But there is some research that's been done by the Pew Research Center. You might not be able to see this graph. Jim, if you could go to the next one, graph. You can see the graph, but I don't know if you're going to read it. But this is religions in the United States. Christianity is to the left, that highest bar there. 71% of Americans claim to be Christian. Now, they're not all believers. They're not all walking with God. But 71% say, I am a Christian. 23%, that's next, is no religion. By the way, that's the fastest growing category. So you add those two up, 71% and 23%. What do you get? 94%. 94% of Americans are either claim to be Christians or have no faith. I'm agnostic, I'm atheist, or I just don't care. I have no faith at all. Those two groups make up 94% of Americans, that means all other religions, every single other religion in America, make up only 6% of our population, all of them together. You can't read this, but the, the, the next one, it, it, it's Jewish and Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu, and other. And I'll give you the statistics. Jews are second to Christianity, 1.9% of the population. 1.9. Buddhists, 0.7%. Muslims, 0.9. Less than 1% of Americans are Muslim. Hindus, 0.7%. Look this up yourself. Google it. Look up religious adherence in the United States. Uh, and all other faiths and religions are 1.8. You add those up, it's 6%. You get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying here? I know the impression you get. I know the impression that, 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 that TV gives you in our culture about everything. I mean, you watch every show, you know, half the people are going to be homosexual in that show. And you're going to find no Christians. You're going to find no believers giving a good witness. You're not going to see that on TV. So we, people get their worldview from that. But that's not accurate. These are the facts. You can look them up themselves. Regardless of what anybody tries to tell you, the United States of America is predominantly Christian. Nothing else even comes close. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our country was founded by Christians. Our major universities like Harvard, Princeton, Yale, do you know all those were started by Christians? They're very non-Christian now, but they were started by Christians. They were theological schools, training ministers. Major hospitals were started by Christians. Think about it. When you go to the hospital, where are you going? You Methodist, Presbyterian, St. Paul's. Where, where are you going? It's Christians. Charitable organizations were started by Christians. The Salvation Army, the Red Cross, the YMCA, Food for the Hungry, all those things. It's Christians. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christianity is doing more good around the world than anybody else, than any nation. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's the power of God unto salvation. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says the message of the cross is foolishness. To those who are perishing. They think we're fools. 
But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The power of God. Don't be ashamed of the cross. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of the blood of Christ. That's, that's where salvation is. Don't be ashamed of it. Number two, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. Listen, if we quit believing the gospel and sharing the gospel, we lose our power. I don't know why it is that there are churches that hold denominations these days that think we need to be more like the world in order to reach the world. Well, if you become like the world and you reach the world, what do you have to offer the world at that point? We've got to have something to offer them, some truth and, and some power. And, and, and listen, every denomination that has gotten away from teaching the Bible is dying. Every denomination that is embracing non-biblical beliefs, endorsing abortion or same-sex marriage, those denominations are dwindling away. Every denomination that says, oh, we're just one of many and all the roads lead to heaven, they've lost their power. They have no more power. Why? Because the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. Without the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no power to save. Without the blood of Jesus, there is no forgiveness because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin without the body of christ there is no healing because it's by his stripes we are healed without the name of jesus there is no freedom because we resist the enemy in the name of jesus there is power power wonder working power in the precious blood of the lamb can you give the lord thanks this morning there's power and even if somebody i'm telling you if somebody you know hates Christian, Christianity, hates God, hates hearing about it, don't believe it, tries to twist it, try to talk you out of it, try to say things contrary to it, you just keep preaching the word of God and speaking the word of God and speaking the truth of God. You've got to stand for the truth and speak the truth. That word has power. It doesn't come back void. They may not believe it at that time. They may not see it at that, at that time. They may fight you about it at that time. But that word will bear fruit in their lives. That's the promise of God. Number three, the gospel is to the Jew first, but also for everyone. Now, some of us feel there's something about us, or something about me that always rules me out in life. Something's causing me to never be able to get blessed. And there are people that think that. Either I come from the wrong family, come from the wrong side of the tracks, I'm the wrong color, I'm the wrong culture, I have the wrong background, I have a wrong track record. But listen, when it comes to Jesus, none of that matters. There's no wrong family, there's no wrong color, there's no wrong race, there's no wrong background, there's no wrong track record. The gospel is for everyone who believes. The only thing that will rule you out is your own unbelief. It's for everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and then to the Gentile degree. What does it mean that the gospel is to the Jew first? Well, first of all, it means that the gospel was proclaimed to them before anyone else. Why is that? Because they were God's chosen people to whom had been committed the, the law of God, the presence of God. Deuteronomy 7, 6-7 says this about the Jewish people. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth 
to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than the other peoples, for you were the fewest of all, of all peoples. Look, God's ways are not our ways. God chooses the small to confound the, the weak, the great. He chooses the foolish to confound the wise. He chooses the weak to confound the strong. He chooses the few to confound the many. He chooses the poor to confound the rich. Why does he do that? So that it becomes obvious that the wisdom is God's, the power is God's, the riches is God, and all glory then belongs to him and to him alone. And this was the order that, that the gospel was actually preached in the world. To the Jew first, then to Gentiles, then to everybody else. And think about this. When you read the New Testament, Jesus almost exclusively ministered to Jewish people. In fact, when a Gentile woman came to him with a need, in Matthew 15, 24, Jesus said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. That didn't mean he just came to die for Israel. But when he came, when he was here on earth, his, his mission was to reach Israel and then to be rejected and to die. But he was, his ministry was to the lost sheep of Israel. But after his resurrection, he told his disciples in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, people talk about, well, what's the result of the power of God? Is the speaking in tongues? Is it the gifts of the Spirit? Is he healing? Well, yes, it's all those things. But here's what Jesus said right there. You'll be my witnesses. A lot of people have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoken tongues, lay hands on people for stuff, and never, ever share their faith with anybody. Never obey that command to make disciples. Jesus said, when you receive power, you'll become witnesses. In Jerusalem, the Jew first. Judaria. Judaria. <laughs> Remember when I read, I'm seeing, I'm seeing huge blocks of words. So I saw Judea and Samaria, and I just combined them into one. It's now Judaria. So it's just, it's, now when we say Judaria, we know it means Judea and Samaria. Wow. I make up words here all the time. It's pretty awesome. And, and, and then to the ends of the earth. That's the order. Jew first, then Gentiles. And when the disciples ministered in the book of Acts, they went first to the house of Israel. Acts 13, 5 says they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. And it wasn't until Jews began to reject Jesus that the disciples began to preach to the Gentiles. So everywhere Paul went, you can read this over and over and over in the book of Acts, he went to a synagogue first. When he went to a town, he went to the synagogues first. He preached to the Jews first. It happened in Antioch. And after Paul preached to the Jews, Acts 13, 44 through 47 says, On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of the Lord to you first. We had to speak the word of the Lord to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Thank God for that because that includes us now in the plan of God, in the gospel of God, in the benefits of the cross. 
But even after all this, it really took an act of God, a dream, and, and an angel to convince Peter to preach the Gentiles. You can read the story in, in, in Acts 10 about how this devout Gentile man, the Cornelius. He was a, his was the first Gentile house in Israel to receive the gospel. And, and why was that? Well, Acts 10, 2 through 3 says, He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Who were these people that Cornelius gave to? They were Jewish people in need. Acts 10.22 says, He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. And this point is made three times in the same chapter. A godly Gentile who expressed love for Jewish people in a practical manner, and as a result, he was chosen by God to be the first Gentile to receive the gospel, to become a believer, and to receive the outpouring, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the first Gentiles who were baptized in the Holy Spirit were those that blessed the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. And now Jew and Gentile stands together on the same level, both equally lost without a Savior... And both equally saved when they place their faith in Jesus Christ. And Colossians 3.11 says, in this new life, when you're born again, when you receive the life of Christ, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Now just so you're not uh, misunderstanding, he lives in all of us who are in this new life. Some people take verses like this and believe in a thing called universalism that everybody is saved. It's not true. It's heresy. But for those who believe, Christ is all that matters. Now listen, I, I want to address today two major ways that Christians get into error concerning Israel and the Jewish people. And one error is the error called replacement theology. And that, base, that theology basically says the church has replaced Israel in the eyes of God. And it says that God's no longer concerned with Israel at all or the Jewish people. And there are some New Testament verses that talk about Zion and, and we are Zion and all that. And I understand that, that there is, there is, there is truth there to, to that. But God has chosen the church, but God is not replace the church, Israel with the church. Israel still has a plan in God's eyes. In fact, if you read prophetic writings of the Bible at all, Israel is a big part of the end times. Huge part. But God, to say that God is not concerned with Israel anymore, or the church has replaced Israel, can't be true because God made an everlasting covenant with them. And Romans 11.1 1 says, Has God cast away his people? Certainly not. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. And verse 11 goes on to say that because the Jewish people rejected Jesus, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more is their fullness? He's talking about what's going to happen in the future. Yes, they rejected Jesus. Yes, they fell from that grace. But the, 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 the good part of that is the, the gospel came to all of us. Amen. But there will come a time, the Bible says, when all of Israel will be saved. And it says here, if, if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? 
In other words, the Jews falling away had resulted in salvation and blessing for non-Jews, but there will come a day when Israel will accept her Messiah and it will be like life from the dead. So don't buy into that error. And there's another error that people get into, kind of the opposite extreme, that's called a dual covenant theology that says that Jewish people are saved one way and everybody else are saved another way. We're saved by Jesus. They're saved by following the old covenant. Not true. Not true at all. In fact, Jesus, who was Jewish, right? Not a trick question. <laughs> if we don't know that, we got to go back to some basic. Speaking to Jewish people, said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In the book of Acts, the Jewish leader called in the disciples of Christ who were Jewish and commanded them not to preach Jesus anymore. But the disciples said in Acts 4, 12, salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There's not two plans of salvation. There is one. There's not many roads to salvation or heaven. There's one. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the one way. Jesus is the one and only way for everybody. Romans 10, 12 through 13 says, There's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I believe there's people I'm speaking to prophetic right now, either here or online, I don't know, this is just coming to me, that are really in a tough situation, a desperate situation, a troublesome situation. Uh, you're, you're in a hopeless feeling in your life and you don't know where to turn and you don't know your way out and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this verse for you right here whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved whoever in the midst of your despair in the midst of your hopelessness in the midst of what you're going through in the midst of your bad circumstances call out to Jesus call on the name of the Lord and he will save you all right back to my sermon I want to close with seven Biblical reasons are why I believe Christians should support Israel. And I believe reasons America should support Israel. I believe that strongly. Number one, God promised to bless those who bless Israel. If you wonder what, what this sermon has to do with you, here you go, right here. Yeah. This right here. If all you get is this point. God promised to bless those who bless Israel. In Genesis 12, 2 through 3, God said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And history has proven to us without a reasonable doubt that God has blessed the people, the nations that have blessed Israel. And the nations that have cursed Israel have experienced the curse of God. Listen, what convinced Jesus to go into the house of a Gentile centurion and heal his servant? Luke 7, 4 through 6 says, When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them and healed his servant. 
and blessed him and his household. He received the blessing of God because he loved the nation of Israel and did something practical to bless the Jewish people. God blesses those who bless Israel. And as that verse also said, number two, God promised to curse those who curse Israel. Zechariah 2, 8 through 9 says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent, me, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye, saying that those who are coming against Israel are touching the apple of God's eye. For surely I will shake my hand against them. They shall become spoiled for their servants. Then you will know that the Lord of, of hosts has sent me. One of my most frequent and fervent prayers for every president of the United States since I've been voting for presidents, and that goes back to Jimmy Carter in 1976. I pray, God, help this man see the importance of supporting Israel. Help this cabinet see the importance of supporting Israel. Help this government be a good ally to Israel. I want America to be blessed not cursed. And I believe one of the reasons America has been blessed, you can fight with me all day long, there's lots of reasons, but one of them since when the nation of Israel came into being and Harry Truman back in the 1940s immediately recognized the state of Israel, I am telling you the blessing of God was on our nation and I do not want to lose that. Number three, Christians owe a debt of Gratitude to the Jewish people for their contributions that gave birth to the Christian faith. In John 4, 22, Jesus says, salvation comes through the Jews. And consider what they've given us, the, the sacred scriptures. Do you know every book of the Bible except for the book of Luke was wit written by a Jew? The prophets, the patriarchs, the, the fathers of the faith. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus Christ, the 12 disciples of the apostles, all, all Jewish, and we, we have their works to this day. Number four, Jesus was born Jewish. Don't forget that. He had Jewish parents. He was from the tribe of Judah. He was circumcised on the eighth day in keeping with the Jewish law. He had a bar mitzvah on his 13th birthday. He kept the law of Moses. He died on a cross with an inscription, inscription over his head that said, King of the Jews. Five, Jesus considered Jews, Jewish people his family. He said in Matthew 25, 40, whatever you did for the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. At that time and that, that day, who was he talking about? Who was his brothers and sisters and, fa and family? The Jewish people. Number six, the Bible commands us, commands us, we're talking about obedience, commands us to pray for Israel. Psalm 122, 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Do you love Israel? Do you love Jerusalem? Do you pray for Jerusalem as the Lord said? Biblical prosperity is tied to blessing Israel and the city of Jerusalem. We should all be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And number seven, we support Israel because all other nations were created by an act of man. Israel was created by an act of God. The land of, listen, listen close to me. The land of, Abraham, of Israel was given to Abraham and his heirs, his seed, with an everlasting and unconditional covenant. Genesis 17, 7 through 8. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant. You got the word everlasting? Two of you. You got the word everlasting? Between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. 
to be your God and the God of your descendants after you, this whole land of Canaan where you are now an alien, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Listen, don't fall into the secular worldview about Israel and Palestinians and who's the land and all that. You got to go with the Bible. And the Bible says way back at the beginning in Genesis 17, God told Abraham, I'm giving you and every generation to come after you this land as an everlasting possession. It is the land of the Jews. It is the land of Israel. God gave it to them. God promised them. God uh, created it for them. And God sustains Israel every day. I mean, they are sustained. If you've ever been there, it's such a small nation. It's smaller than the state of Rhode Island. You ever been to Rhode Island? We got counties bigger than Rhode Island. Rhode Island is 20 miles wide. Israel is smaller than Rhode Island. And they're surrounded by all these rich, powerful nations who are dedicated to their destruction. Do you know in some of their, you ought to look up the wars that Israel fought, like the Six-Day War. There's, I think it was the Six-Day War. One of those wars back then, they had five planes and three armored vehicles. This is biblical proportions. Six nations were coming against them with hundreds of tanks. They have five planes and three armored vehicles, and they routed the enemy. The enemy thought there was hundreds of tanks coming after them. There was three. I mean, does that sound like a Bible thing or not? Does that sound like a God thing or not? This is God. Listen, I want the blessing of God. I want America to have the blessing of God. So we're going to stand by Israel. That doesn't mean we support everything they do. It doesn't mean that everything they do is right, but we support them as an ally. And if we as a church and you as an individual want the blessing of God, one of the things you need to do is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And put God put this in our hearts years ago. It's why we support Val and Tatyana Sviantek in Ukraine. By the way, there's a lot going on in Ukraine right now. You see it in the news. When you see that, please pray for Val and Tatyana and the people of God there, that God would protect them. But their ministry exists to take the gospel to the Jews. And so when you give, when you give to missions, you want to help fulfill this command of God. When you give to missions at GFC, you're obeying that command because some of that funds, some of those funds go to support this ministry, reaching Jewish people. To the Jew first doesn't mean you have to witness to Jews before you can witness to anybody else. It means you help take the gospel of Jesus Christ to Jews and you pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And when you do that, you are obeying the word of the Lord and the Bible says the blessing of God will be upon you. I don't know about you, but I want every blessing that God has. I want it for me and I want it for you. I want it for our church. I want it for our nation in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray. God, that you would impart revelation to us from your word. We spoke from your word today about how you have chosen these people and this land for an everlasting possession. And you have told us to pray for them. So God, we pray right now for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, may you surround Israel. May your presence surround them. May your protection surround them. And Lord, would you help us as a church, us as individuals, and America as a nation to be strong allies of Israel. 
God, you promise to bless them and you promise to bless those who bless them. This is your word. We take you at your word. We thank you for it and we receive the blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.